0: Okay, are we ready to rock and roll or what?
1: Welcome, everybody, to my Andrea Holmes podcast. I don't actually have a name for the podcast yet, but (laughs) in the process, I'm going to come up with a really fantastic name.
0: Yeah, I'm sure about that.
1: And for now, it's just going to be Andrea Holmes podcast. And I'm here today with Jesus, who is (laughs) my friend, my trainee. Mm, an all-around awesome guy.
0: Ooh, that sounds good.
1: <laughs> it does, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I
1: really want to get to know this guy. <laughs> um, who, Jesus has a, his own podcast in Spanish in which we talk about health, wellness, positive mindset.
0: And all health and well-being.
1: Related topics.
0: Yeah, in Spanish.
1: And longevity.
0: And longevity. Mm-hmm. A subject that is very dear to my heart, <laughs> as you know.
1: <laughs> Have we summed it up well? Vida Potencial, we didn't say the name of it.
0: Yeah, Vida Potencial. So, youtube.com slash, forward slash Vida Potencial for those of you who speak Spanish. Great YouTube channel and podcast. I I just got to sell my book here, you know? I'm taking the opportunity. <laughs> your book,
1: your podcast, like yeah. yourself. <laughs>
0: that's how we, you know, that's how things work. Okay, so.
1: so today we're here because you have recently on your podcast published a uh, a blog, a video um related to how to train over 40. Yes. And I found the blog really fascinating. And I thought it might be a good topic to use for the pilot episode of Andrea Holmes' podcast. (laughs) Uh, Can you tell me what what the video was about?
0: Yeah, so basically the whole idea of the video is to convey the concept that we have been told that we shouldn't train or we shouldn't work out in the same way when we are over 40, over 50, or even over 30, actually. But usually people that say that don't specify how and why and don't give specifics on, on how to do that. So th- basically, that blog post, that video, that audio episode for our podcast explains the a concept that is recently, um, it's, it's like a new concept in the Western medicine, but actually comes from Eastern culture or Chinese medicine. But I, we don't like to talk about that too much because people get shy away from those concepts.
1: It's a little too woo-woo. Yeah, it's kind of woo-woo <laughs> for people.
0: So, no, but the good news is that now in Western medicine, they're like, they have like worked on that idea and give it like Western whatever wording, right? So they find fu- they found a term that they coined like in the nineties I think it was, which is the allostatic load, right? So the whole idea is that our energy is limited. The human body and human physiology is has limited energy, right? So that we have to find this balance in energy. So the allostatic load is kind of the physiological damage that we accumulate as we suffer stress in our daily life. And when this allostatic load is high, we should take specific measures in the way we work out. It's a long story, but that's that's what it is, you know?
1: So you say we have a limited amount of energy, and the allostatic load as it goes up, the amount of energy we have in storage goes down. Is that like uh, directly related?
0: Yeah, uh, it is in a way. But the whole, but the article and the video just we just focus on the damage and the not the damage the accumulated load in the body when we suffer all this maybe people are getting confused okay let me let me give you an example of what this means basically the idea is when you are when you get older you accumulate different sources of stress in your life right when you're 20 for most people i'm i'm sure there are exceptions but for most people when you are like 18 20 like you don't have that many problems like your life's good like maybe you're in college maybe you have a job Basically, you're just like, you're plenty of energy. You don't have kids. You don't have a boss. So life is good. No stress, right? But as you get older, you get all these responsibilities, all these pressures in life, right? Maybe you have kids. As I said, you have like a boss that is like, putting pressure on you every day and you have like financial problems or an emotional problems. Maybe you're getting through a divorce, whatever it is.
1: Unhealthy ha- family members or exactly. friends. As you get older, other people start getting sick around you.
0: Exactly. So the basic idea is that that imposes like low level stress on you, right? People start sleeping less. So that's another source of low level stress in your life. So the the body can't, recuperate from that. So, high levels of stress, but in a short period, is good for the body. It's kind of like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? So, you have a stressful episode, your body goes like, Woo, what is this? But after that, it gets stronger and can recuperate from that. But if the stress is a continuous type of stress, it's a low-level continuous stress and doesn't go away, the body can't recuperate and the body can't uh, find is equilibrium what we call, what in medicine they call the um homeostatic um, homeostatic balance okay homeostasis, which is the equilibrium of the body in his physiological um, the physiological equilibrium of the body right
1: so just so that i 'm understanding well short bursts of intense stress is okay. Yes. Your body can adapt to that and go back to normal. Yes. Whereas long instances of much reduced levels of stress is what increases the allostatic load, is what's not good for you. Correctly. So just so that right. I understand, can you give me some examples of what, like, the burst of stress would be, something that's good for you?
0: Yeah, well, even, okay, okay There are, there are several... Examples here, like the the physical examples, for example, this is redundant, but, uh, let's say you jump into a, you take a cold shower in the winter. That's a physical shock for the body. You can't take a three hour long cold shower. Like you will have serious health issues, right? But if you have a one minute cold shower, five minutes or whatever it is, the body has to react to that. Hmm. But it's okay because once you're off the cold shower, you give the chance to the body to recuperate. Mm -hmm. That's an example. Or even talking everyday life, like you can have like two days in which you really have a deadline that you have to uh, keep up with. You have this important project and maybe you're not sleeping too much of those two days. Maybe you're not eating enough. But if it's only two days it's okay. Then you turn in your report or whatever it is that you're writing and then this pressure's this pressure goes away and then your body can recuperate. So that's an intense also burst of stress for one, two days. But what it can what is not that good for you is that when that is at the continual basis of your of your life, you know? Yeah. Okay. Every, every week is like that.
1: So it's kind of like those intense bursts are cool Hmm. as long as you have this recognition that once this is over, things are going to go back to a very comfortable existence. Right. Yeah. Whereas if you're kind of acknowledging or apprehensive or if it's just the state of being that each stress is brought to another like continual long-term stress your body never is never able to recuperate from the short bursts or anything like
0: exactly. that exactly and that adds up you know so the damage of that low-level stress from work stress and from not sleeping enough and from not eating enough and from have like uh, bad relationships with people that also erode your psychology and your well-being. All that adds up, mm-hmm. and it adds up to the to this allostatic load. You know.
1: And are there things that bring it down, other than removing the stress? Are huh. there things that lower your allostatic load?
0: No. Like <laughs> 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 what what lowers your allostatic load is like stop doing the things that are adding to it. There's remove
1: no... the stresses.
0: Well of course for example if you if you can't like remove one type of stress, if at least you can remove the other ones, maybe your allostatic low load goes as low or to a certain level level where your body can kind of and recoup- assimilate that level of stress and
1: kind of find its balance exactly. within there.
0: Right. So let's say you have the work pressure and you have your non-sleeping and your blah, blah, blah and all these things. If you remove three of them, maybe your body can cope with just your boss thing or maybe it can cope with not eating well. But if all the other variables in your life are okay. So
1: what's an example of your body not coping?
0: Well, first of all, that's when people get sick, most of the times when you get colds, when you get the flu when you get that type of uh, um, health episode, is your body stopping you? It's like, okay, you're not going to give me rest. I'm going to make you stop, right? Yeah. And then suddenly we have to stay home for three days and sleep 14 hours a day. And even if you want to do shit, you Mm can't. You can't, right? So that's a way the body has to, to make you stop.
1: Well, and from what I understand from having talked with you about this a bit, it's not just getting sick, because maybe the threat of getting a cold isn't so bad for me, but it also is the threat of long-term sicknesses, like those allostatic loads, in a way, can lead to cancers, or Mm -hmm. so you minimize your risk of very serious diseases or illnesses, By maintaining a low allostatic load in your day-to-day life.
0: Totally. Yes. Like, yeah, like long-term ailments. Like, I don't want to name any of them, but there are a lot of serious conditions that you can develop through or after years of having this constant high allostatic load. Hmm. It's true. Or just bad mood, um, lack of focus, sadness lack of energy, mm-hmm. all that, anxiety, anxiety.
1: I think that's really interesting because I think in some ways we kind of have this sense of believing there's not much you can do about it. You know, like illnesses just hit you. If you're unlucky, you're the one who gets it. Or, or I don't know, a lot of things that happen in our daily lives, we might mm-hmm. think that we don't have that much control over them. Whereas this is one proactive approach to kind of prevent those things from mm. coming at you.
0: Yeah. Yes, we. I think we underestimate the effect that our daily habits have in our long-term health. Mm. You know, we, as humans, we don't see correlation between, sometimes, not everybody, not in not in uh, high degrees but many people don't see the connection between the small actions or short-term actions and the long-term results you know
1: it makes sense because at the same time you you could have an example of somebody who smoked their whole lives and they were fine you know like mm. they never got sick or so you just think like it can't be that thing that causes the the illness You have so many examples of particular people who weren't affected. But at the same time, what you're saying is the allostatic load is an accumulation of all of these details. So maybe one thing in and of itself isn't what's going to cause the final illness or negative consequence. It's the accumulation of all of these negative habits or negative Mm. stresses over time
0: and also like with that example that you just gave i mean this is very person specific there are people who are just strong you know like like we're like some people are strong physically or have like a strong personality you have a strong whatever there are some people out there that they have like a iron like you know they're made of steel not physically but also physiologically you know yeah like you see this whatever like physically these super strong dudes from the north that you have like Huge neck, huge <laughs> th- wrist, whatever, you know? Yeah. For, well, for, by the same token, there are people who are physiologically very strong and they can, like, bear high Heavy lev- loads. Yeah, high levels of stress and they don't eat that well. And of course, that th- they do pay a toll in the end, right? Or at least it, if they don't pay a toll, a high toll in terms of some serious condition, they are not in their. They're not developing their full potential, you know? Okay. So, yeah, they're fine. It's like someone, yeah, I'm fine. Well, but you could be better, <laughs> right? But, yeah, yeah it's true. Like, this is very person-specific. Some people don't have that physiological strength, and they really – it's like a – imagine you have, like, a truck and a Ferrari, right? So a Ferrari needs to sleep more. A Ferrari needs <laughs> better better gas. A Ferrari needs more maintenance, and a truck is like just goes right mm. so this is very person specific but the principles apply to everybody
1: yeah so basically what you're saying is even if you do have this like powerhouse of energy and physicality despite that it's still a good idea to be aware of how you could be lowering your potential exactly and on the other hand there are people who don't have the same capacity to begin with. And for those people, it's especially important to be highly aware of what affects their sensitive allostatic load. To
0: yes. To extent. It's like we always talk about these examples, right? People talk about the examples of the cards you are dealt with in life, right? So mm-hmm. you might have like a good hand of cards and uh, and you can play a, have a great game, or you can have like bad cards, but still do okay I mean the worst is you you got bad cards and you not you don't play very well. those are people who get sick who have who are not happy or whatever yeah you know? yeah, yeah it's a good example
1: it's just yeah. optimizing what you have
0: exactly, and the way I see it also this is more of a the physio- the uh, philosophical side of this thing is that I feel. We have an obligation to to do our best. So even if you were dealt great cards, like you have to maximize. You know. It's
1: who is you? Who do you think that this obligation is to? To yourself? To the world? To
0: uh. just out of curiosity <laughs> for your philosophy? In my view, mainly to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like. You can do this and you're not doing it. That's not good.
1: What a waste.
0: What a waste <laughs> for the universe. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> do your best. Okay. Yeah. So do you want to talk about um, how to apply these principles to the workout? Yeah. The yeah.
1: We got kind of sidetracked no. on this allostatic load for a long time, but no I, no. I do find that one interesting because I had never heard about it before.
0: Yeah. I think it's a very important concept and idea that – you know how in different languages, I know you are very into languages, so I'm going to go on a rant about this also, how different languages have words or ideas or concepts that don't exist in other languages. So the people who live in that culture and speak that language, not only, they, not only don't they have a word or a term for any specific idea, they don't have the they don't have the, the idea in their head that the, it doesn't exist the
1: conceptual awareness the conceptual
0: awareness exactly you know so imagine a language that have that has no word for beauty it's difficult to explain a person who lives in that culture that speaks a language that has no word for beauty How do you explain to this person the idea of beauty, right? So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, this is the same. So, not until now, not having the concept, not having the whole idea of what allostatic load is, it's very difficult to explain to people how important it is and how to use it if they don't even know what it is. and They don't even have the concept,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Because in the in the East, like in Eastern cultures, they have these ideas like the chi, you know, all those concepts in, mm. in Eastern cultures. I think in India also they have a different word like the shama or sheshi or whatever, you know, those.
1: So the translation could be considered the chi?
0: In a way. Yeah. In mm. a way. In a way. So uh, the working out principles, yeah. right? Tell me. It's a pe- because people want to know these things. So, what I wrote in this post and I said in this video is that taking into consideration this whole, idea of, of this whole idea of the allostatic load, there is a certain way that we should train, that we should work out, because working out is just another source, another source of stress, just like the boss, the non-sleeping, the food, and all these things in life.
1: Well, that's interesting because I don't think that we really look at it that way. You know, you think of exercise or as being something that adds to being healthy, not adds to stress in your life.
0: Yes, but uh, it follows like a normal distribution. You know, in almost like a, it, the intensity of your training and the benefits you derive from training and from working out is not linear. It describes like a bell curve. So the more you train, your, your health increases. But if you keep on training, then your health increases, right? Mm. Like you, you can't expect your health to increase if you run 10 hours a day or if you start running until you die because you will die if you start running and never stop, right? No, it's an exaggeration. But so, yeah, if you run 20 minutes a day, it's better than nothing. Twenty, maybe it's also better than nothing. But if you run five hours every day, well, there are some outliers out there that do that. But most people will suffer substantially f- from that, mm-hmm. right? So the principles of the uh, the principles to train, especially when you're over forty, because you already have all these different sources of stress in your life. So you don't want to add up more stress with the in the way you work out. Okay. Right? So, uh, first of all, I have to say that this is, uh, this is the way I see it. Some people don't fully agree with this, but I'm here, they're not, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm interviewing you. Exactly. Okay, this isn't an interview. I'm podcasting you. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay.
0: Um, So, there are some principles that I wrote about uh, to how to minimize this uh, allostatic load. I'm going to go over it so I don't um, forget anything I'm gonna follow the kind of guidelines so here it is in Spanish there we go basic principles to minimize your allostatic load when you work out over 40 if you're gonna give it all like people like to do these days
1: I'm American we're yeah. the give it all
0: Yeah, this kind of principle is more is always better than less, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Boom. Yeah, (laughs) just just go there and give it all. It's fine if you are that 20-year-old person that has no other responsibilities in life. But maybe if you're 45, you have two kids, you're under sleeping and all these things that we talked about before. Maybe going full in for one and a half hours is not the best idea. It will drain more energy than it would add up in the long term. Mm -hmm. So one principle, if you're going to go hard, go short, like high intensity type of training, Tabata, or even like short burst of bicycle or running or sprinting in the treadmill. I'm not fond of treadmills, but whatever, but short, like
1: short bursts of high intensity.
0: Exactly. 20 minutes, most like tops, you know. This running for one hour and a half, maybe it's not the best idea, in my opinion. Um,
1: You would consider that as more of a low-level stress that adds up over time?
0: Yes, I consider that. Let's put it that way.
1: (laughs) And if I were to do, like, 20 push-ups, that would be a burst of intense...
0: Yes, yes. People underestimate the cardiovascular benefits of strength training, Hmm. you know? We have these categories of, like, Strength training and weightlifting and aerobic exercise, right? And there is a common ground here. Like you can get a good um, aerobic workout by training intensely in the weight room, for example, right? And in
1: a short period of time.
0: Yes, with intensity. So, so yes, like doing twenty push-ups or whatever. It is. Yeah, because I
1: think we also tend to confuse aerobic workout. With long periods of time,
0: exactly. People as- make this association, right?
1: Yeah. If you want your yeah. workout to be aerobic, it has to be thirty minutes on the elliptica machine, or yeah. whereas what you're arguing in this discussion is that <laughs> you can do a short period of intense training, and you're even getting endurance benefits.
0: Yes. In fact, like uh, there are a lot of people, like older athletes, that they did a lot of like triathlons and marathons in their twenties or whatever, and they still do them, but they don't train as hard at, as they used to. But they, what they say, right? They train smart, so they do like small bursts of training. They do strength training by. They but they don't overburn their physiology by running three hours a day every day or uh, like many people do. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you want to win, you have to do these things. But that's another conversation. Why do you want to do that to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, anyways, um, yeah. So if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go hard, go short because. It's like a short burst of stress for the body. It would benefit from that. It would recuperate from that. But if you go too long, it would erode the capacity of your body to recuperate from that, especially if you have other sources of stress. There you go. Okay. That's the basic principle, right? Okay. So just go 50 minutes, some mobility work, some stretching, whatever, and you're done. Just go home and sleep. That's way better than punishing yourself in the treadmill for one hour and a half. Cool. That's one principle. Can I... Should I go to the second yes, one? Yes, yes.
1: please continue.
0: This one is very dear to my heart again. I love that expression in English. It's <laughs> very dear to my heart. <laughs>
1: You're such a sensitive guy. Henry. I know. I'm
0: very sensitive. <laughs> um, I believe in cultivating an approach to uh, physical exercise as a practice. I don't love the... English term, the English language term of working out, because it conveys the idea of giving it all, coming back to the same, to the first uh, idea, right? Working out, I don't like, because people associate that with, with exhausting yourself. And I like, that's the way I see it, that's the way I do it, and I think it's a good principle when you get older, to see physical activity as a practice, it's a thing you do every day. It's a thing you enjoy. You don't give it all all the time. It's something you do, like you brush your teeth, like you do, hmm. yeah, like you have a shower every day. You just do it. So if you associate this suffering to your workouts, it's very difficult to maintain that in a very long run, in the very long term. Like you can do that for a year, three years, maybe ten years. But how many athletes do we know that they stopped being, like, they stopped being competitive and they stopped completely, right? It's
1: like you fall off the wagon.
0: It's like, man, I gave it all. I, I can't keep up with this shit anymore. Yeah. You know? Like, psychologically, it's impossible. So if we develop this good relationship with working out mm-hmm. and we see it as a practice, something we do every day, go to the gym. But so, but my, the point is that in order to do that, you got to... Uh, Maintain point one, like don't don't give it all every day because it's going to be impossible. Just go there if you like weight training. Perfect. You go there, you do half an hour of weight training, forty minutes, and you leave the gym f- kind of fresh. Yeah. Kind of fresh. Maybe once in a while here and there, once a week or whatever, you do one of those extenuating workouts, but not every day. So, do- and
1: don't even think about that as your expectations.
0: Exactly. Because
1: I think that might be where people fall off is because you have an expectation of like I'm going to go to the gym every day, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to lose 10 kilos. You have this mindset of every day has to be super intense and then you end up not going. Whereas if you go with lower expectations of take it easy, half an hour, it can still be enjoyable you go home feeling good and fresh it's probably a lot easier to maintain the daily habit
0: that's the whole point but it's not necessarily i have to say something what do you say it's not taking it easy you have to be you're doing what you're doing like this is serious like for example let's say that's what i do like weight training like i'm not joking around when i when i'm at the gym You know, like I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm concentrated. I'm not taking it easy in a way, Mm. you know, but I am not like exhausting myself and giving it all and like. Yeah, maybe
1: I just mean in comparison. Right. Of that giving it all mindset. You like cut yourself a break from that concept.
0: Yes. No, I mean, I get your point and I, 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 um, I agree with that. But I just don't want people to get confused by that. It's yeah. not like you go there and you're reading a magazine while you're in the elliptical machine, you know? No, you're not. You're doing what you're doing. You're focusing on what you're doing. This is, this is serious. But you do your sets, you rest, you do your sets, you rest. And when you're at the peak of this bell curve, you leave.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like leaving the party at the best moment, <laughs> right? That's what you do. You have a shower, you're fresh, you feel energized, good. Tomorrow is another day. That's the principle. So develop a, an approach to physical exercise as a practice. Not That's
1: a, like long term.
0: Yeah, and mm. don't punish yourself. Okay. Can I go on? Please. Can I? May I?
1: Please do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm captivated.
0: Okay. So third principle for Keeping your allostatic load low at least what at least regarding physical activity. Mm-hmm. Have in mind the whole idea of the um minimum effective dose, which is related to all this that we have talked about. This bell, this uh bell curve thing, right? So the minimum effective dose is the amount of work that you need to do in order to get the results that you're looking for. But no more you do that you 're done, so for example uh, again they 're running right? If you are going to do like a hit type of training or a tabata, what you want is the metabolic reaction in your body after the exercise
2: mm-hmm.
0: I mean the objective is not the exercise the objective is the, is the what happens in your body after you exercise
1: the physiological response
0: exactly it's not the exercise itself, you know. Anyways, I'm gonna calm down because I'm getting <laughs> You're all riled up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, minimum effective dose, meaning do what you need to do to get the results that you want, but not not one minute more, not one kilo more, like precisely that and leave.
2: Okay. You got
0: what you want, don't overdo it. It's related to the to the other point also, but have that in mind, the minimum effective dose. But don't do less. That's the whole point. Maybe this is related to what you just said before. Uh, like, take it easy. Mm, well, if you take it too easy, if you take it too easy, you are not reaching the minimal effective dose either. So you you need that minimum.
1: I'm I'm just like putting into perspective. Also, if we're talking about 40 plus, 50 plus, 60 plus, yes. I'm sure that there are plenty of humans where the minimum effective dose is five pushups or 10 minutes walking on the treadmill or like you have to definitely take into account where you're beginning from and your minimum effective dose might be something really minimal.
0: Yes. Yes. And
1: you can't compare yourself to other people. You have to like find what is your peak performance moment. Stop there and Continued tomorrow yes okay
0: back tomorrow to the weight room yeah i totally I, I agree with yeah it's very important to understand that you have to find your own minimum effective dose mm-hmm. for what you want maybe someone op, someone's objective is to whatever gain 10 kilos of muscle well if you want to do that your minimum effective dose in order to achieve that goal it's going to be way higher than mine that is just maintaining my strength my health blah 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 my longevity right so that's also dependent dependent on your goal
1: your goals. where you're at right now exactly. and where you yeah where you hope to be right but that yeah. being said you have to the main thing to take in consideration is where you're at right now
0: exactly yes and be careful with your goals meaning <laughs> Well, if you choose a goal that is uh, counterproductive for your health, that's a wrong goal. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like you're just gonna come right out and say it. That's a wrong goal. (laughs) Your goal is wrong. (laughs) Yes.
0: Like yeah. Like if if you're 47 and you decide that you wanna be, you wanna be like whatever, you know, you wanna be Iron Man, or you wanna be yeah, like in the first or you want to be a finisher in an Ironman, whatever, maybe that's not a good goal. Like, could you do it? Yeah. Like, if you have the stamina, you have the, st- the grit, you have the strength, you have the determination to do it, yes, you could.
1: But maybe it's a high allostatic load activity.
0: But what for? But that's why. But That's another, that's another conversation for another one of your podcast. <laughs> You're going to get
1: all riled up again. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, that, this is a psychological thing there, right? So why do you want to do that? That's another conversation, right? Yes, okay. Yeah. Like, stop me because if you don't stop me, I'm going to (laughs) go on different rants. (laughs) Okay, so minimum effective dose. And be
1: aware of what that is for you. Exactly. Because I do think, I mean, coming from an American perspective, we do like to go like intense. So it's easy to, well, let's say coming from my perspective. Like, it's easy for me to see something that I admire or I want to like, aim for. Yeah. But it's like I get overexcited. So I have to recognize where I'm beginning from and then go step by step and not try to, I don't know, compare myself to what I see on some Instagram post. Somebody who can walk on their hands all around the house.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You know? Exactly. I mean, that's how the human... Brain and mind works also right, so monkey see monkey does right it's human, like it happens to all of us, yes yeah. human, consciously or unconsciously, so yeah, so be aware of that and be careful with your goals,
1: yeah, okay,
0: yeah, all right, should I go on yes, please do. all right ah uh, huh, this i'm this is super important it's related to everything we've talked so far, but it's very important, the culture of suffering. Okay, folks, the goal is not suffering. Suffering is just a tool. Like you need to suffer sometimes in order to get your goals. But the objective is not to suffer. It's just the means, right? So we have developed, I think, this culture of suffering for the sake of suffering. Like that's good. Like, okay, I'm going to say it. CrossFit people. <laughs> like they brag about it they brag about it right like that's a good thing like listen i'm not like i admire that if you're you're able to like to push your body to like beyond pain and you keep on that's an admirable trait to have in my opinion but it's a tool it's a tool to use whenever you need it but they they not they, um, okay. that was a joke, okay? CrossFit people, don't get <laughs> don't get all pissed at Hot me. Hot
1: and
2: bothered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: don't get all pissed at me. But you see a lot of that in that world, for example. Like the suffering is the objective. Like, yeah, yeah, we did it. Fine, but what is the objective? Why are you doing that, right? So don't get trapped into the suffering thing. The suffering is just a tool.
1: Recognize that it's a tool and not one to be used
0: Use it, yes. Use it wisely. Use it wisely, exactly. Like here and there, you need to have that tool in order to get your objectives. Here and there, you have to be able to push against the resistance and go beyond that and like shut off your monkey brain telling you to stop. Because your monkey brain is telling you to stop whenever you suffer, Right. So you got to be able to tame that voice in your head and keep pushing. But having that ability is very important, but it's not the objective. It's like the how you say the time times table.
1: Yeah, it's the like multiplication the ta- table.
0: The multiplication table. I don't need to go through the you know the multiplication table every day to make sure that I that I can use it. The objective is not to know by heart the multiplication table. The objective is to have that tool easily in my head if I need to know what five by five is, right? Well,
1: that's, I mean, you need to have it, but you need to know it by heart.
0: I need to know it by heart. But, but you
1: don't need to practice it every day in order to make sure that it's there. I don't need
0: to go every morning, so five by one, five, five by two, ten, I don't need to, just <laughs> once in a while, so in case I forget, once in a while, I go over it and say, yeah, yeah it's fine, I have it, it's, it's, it's there. So, if I'm at the supermarket and I need to know how much, whatever, five by seven is, boom, comes. So, the ability to suffer is just the same. It's not the objective, it's just a tool.
1: Like, make sure you have it once in a while. Yes. And don't overindulge.
0: Exactly. And don't get me wrong, like, I train my ability to suffer, it's very important. But it's just one, it's just two. How do
1: you train your ability to suffer? No, I mean like, like do you select that in the morning, like today? What am I going to train my <laughs> ability to suffer?
0: No, but I mean like working out, for example, right? So here and there, I push it, like and I make I make sure I don't behave like a pussy, you know. But just because you you are you you can be tough doesn't mean that you have to be tough every day. That's the whole point. Okay. So be aware of that. Huh? Okay. And CrossFit people, don't get mad at me. Okay. I'm just kidding. I <laughs> it's love you. Too late. I love you guys. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the fifth one is the attach the emotional attachment to an activity. So, I uh, give you an example here. I'm sure you know someone who was like not working out, was unhealthy, maybe was like think pounds overweight or 20 pounds overweight. And at some point he started running or doing CrossFit or doing whatever activity it is, right? And he became healthier. He lost weight or she lost weight and felt great. And this person has been doing that for five years, 10 years, whatever. But now his or her life has evolved. Now this person has all these other problems in life has a higher allostatic load than he or she did when started doing that but in her head she's associating or making this link between being healthy and doing whatever running let's say running right and running 4 times a week 8 miles okay that took you off the sofa off the couch that might not be the tool now that is going to push you forward to a healthier life in the decades to come. But many people develop this emotional attachment to whatever took them out of the couch. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's like you see the solution to step one as being the solution to step 10, step 11, like going forward the next step segment of your life exactly but like what i'm understanding is that it's not only because you have a higher allostatic load let's say that this person who lost 10 20 pounds and is doing much better regardless of whether there are other stresses in their life at this moment your argument is that maybe running eight kilometers a day is no longer the solution for you Exactly. Like maybe an alternative form of exercising would be far better even if you don't have other stresses going on in your life. Like you used it, you got yourself off the sofa, now let's consider some o- other options.
0: Evolve, grow. Maybe it's, And it's good. And that was the right tool in that moment to take you off the couch. But don't develop an emotional attachment to that and don't associate... That to be healthy, maybe f- f- great, it was the catalyst that took you out of the couch, but maybe now you need another tool from here to the next level or whatever, yes, yeah, yeah,
1: challenge yourself to take it another step further, grow and not challenge yourself by adding another five kilometers a week, but instead
0: exactly that 's what people do right they look they look for like new challenges, so instead of eight miles, they go ten. And then, well, Train for a
1: marathon, train for...
0: Yeah, which is fine. I'm not against that either. Like, But what I'm against, or I, I try to draw attention from people too, is that, is this serving you? Maybe it did serve you at a certain point in your life, but maybe this is not serving you anymore. You need new tools, new goals, new objectives.
1: Maybe you're not reaching your full potential with that
0: there you go Mm -hmm. but I'm not saying that that was a bad idea to do it's great you did that but it's a phase in your life Mm -hmm. but go to the next step what's next right or maybe not maybe you maybe that's great for you until the the day you die who knows the
1: point is ask the question is this what's best for me right now exactly and challenge yourself to consider alternative options yeah okay
0: is this is this the tool for me to go where I want to be Mm -hmm. right so those are the five. Basically, I think we cover them all. There is one thing I want to say also for the, like the CrossFit people.
1: I mean, Man. did you have this in your head before this whole thing started? It's like, I'm going to start a war with the CrossFit people. And then I'm going to like sue them and tell them, no, I really like you. But like, let me use CrossFit as another example.
0: No, uh, CrossFit or whatever. The this is related like in in weight training, the movement patterns. When you go to failure, or, this is not only for CrossFit people; it's also for people that work out in the weight room in general. Uh, in the long run, it's not a good idea to go to failure because you lose form, and you are teaching your body to perform the movement incorrectly. That can be dangerous um, in terms of biomechanics for your body. So, if you go to failure with whatever, doing snatches or deadlifting, or even like let's just let's just take squat, right? And you go to failure, you are losing good form, right? Mm -hmm. And if you lose good form, your your brain is going to remember that last repetition as performed. Incorrectly in the wrong roof, and that's going to stick in your brain, and you're gonna learn a new pattern. Unconsciously, you are teaching your brain that this is the pattern that you do, even though you know consciously that it's not, but the body repeats what it does consistently.
1: I mean, I have to get excited about this because it totally applies to my coaching method, <laughs> <laughs> all right? Like, I think the old way that people got like got into learning English was they would sign up for like 2 hour conversation classes and if the whole rest of the week you're speaking Spanish and and then you come to a 2 hour English class like it's exhausting so yes maybe in the beginning you're paying close attention you're using good form but by the end of not even 2 hours i mean you could say the same for a 1 hour class by the end of the class You're worn out from speaking, like paying such close attention. And so the same thing happens. You create bad habits by letting yourself drift off. And each time you say a sentence incorrectly or the wrong preposition, you create that link in your brain and you're allowing yourself a higher capacity to do it again. Right. So the training is to like do short, intense bursts
0: in perfect form.
1: In perfect form. I kind of, I like this idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there but, are so many links between training English with a coach and training, like, your body.
0: Or anything in life. It's just the same principles. This is universal principles that mm-hmm. you can apply to anything. Reading, learning, English, whatever. Um, The principles are the same, in my opinion, you know. Yeah. So okay. h- how is your method? What what do you do? Like no, uh, like you what is how is your t- coaching method? I uh, know I know how it is, but <laughs> I just want you to go through it.
1: Basically, every week there's just one face-to-face session where I get like a a good idea of where somebody is at in their progress mm-hmm. or where they're using English and where they're getting frustrated with it, or we just communicate for 40 minutes or so.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: From there, I'm able to like recognize what they need to work on from catching like errors in the conversation or f- from the things that they tell me. Like at work, I had a meeting and I wasn't able to properly explain the layout of this document, or I didn't feel I had the right words to be sensitive to my employees or something like that. Right. So I write them an email where I explain like these are some of your weaker points and then I give them like intense burst exercises where they have to train those weak points. So maybe I give them vocabulary to use related to the layout of a document or I introduce some new words that can be used for sensitive feeling situations or Recently, I did one that was like um, alternatives to the word "should." Should, if you don't want to tell you, your the people under you like this is what you should do, but you want to find a more sensitive approach, like some consider these alternatives. But then you have to take these actions or these activities, and you have to prepare a paragraph or some sentences. You have to write them out. You have to send them to me to check them. Then you have to make a recording or a video in which you're using them. And often I'll make you repeat it more than once. Mm. Because the whole point is the repetition creates a positive links in your mind. So the, the coaching method relies so much more on these short bursts that you do every day. Every day you have a small assignment that you're accomplishing or redoing or improving upon. And you listen to your own recordings. You start picking up when and where you're making errors. So you have to re-record them to prevent me from sending it back to you and telling you to do it again. Yeah, and I've really noticed with my students a lot of improvement with mm-hmm. my clients. Your clients. That, they're, that the improvement is so much faster and more effective than... With the old method of one or two hours of conversation a week, which right. is kind of like doing the elliptica for forty five minutes while you're reading a magazine,
0: right, like a forty percent forty percent um focus like you know talking. yeah,
1: and you're kind of learning improper mistakes as much as you're learning proper mistakes
0: right right, so the culture of practice, right yes, you could say that, yeah. All right, so
1: can we sum up what the what the podcast was about? So it's about the allostatic load and how it's like chi, like it's um, an accumulative, can lead to sicknesses or worse, and that you want to find ways to keep it limited. And that can especially be really re- related to training. So keeping in mind that the allostatic load is something that accumulates throughout your day-to-day, you don't want to train in a way that's going to add to that.
0: Exactly. Given that these other variables in life are more difficult for people to manage, at least this, we have a saying. Yeah. Right? In, in this domain in your life you do have a saying so at least be careful there Mm -hmm. maybe you can't do anything about your boss well just you can but that's another conversation also Mm -hmm. but let's say you can't or you have or your
1: your father is sick
0: exactly and you're exactly like your father is sick he's in the hospital you're going there every day so you're not sleeping well and you're really preoccupied you're worried about that so that's a source of stress there's nothing you can do about that. Well, you can manage that stress, but that's another, you know, there you go. So there is nothing you can do, but in your working out strategies, there are things you can do, and we just went through them.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but to continue, then you yeah. have the aesthetic load, the way to train, avoiding um, getting stuck in patterns that were effective in the past. Correctly. Um, Not getting too addicted to suffering. Yes. Am I missing anything?
0: So it's like short, intense, but short. The culture of practice.
1: Oh, yeah. Making that like a daily part of your life rather than...
0: Exactly. Something you...
1: You go all out You go all in
0: three times a week. No, go more often if you can, but shorter and...
1: Well, it doesn't even require going to the gym. It's something you could do at home.
0: No, no, of course. This and is. being
1: aware of what your personal limits are and not like getting too excited outside of that yeah. realm.
0: And the minimum effective dose. Minimum effective dose, the culture of suffering, and the emotional attachment to activities. Those were the five.
1: Fascinating stuff, Jesus. Man, thank you. <laughs> I hope we get opportunities to talk to you about more things because Great. this has been very interesting.
0: Let's talk economics next time. Ooh. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: great. <laughs> okay, thank you for so your you, time.
0: You're wrapping this up? Yes. All right. Thank, so you, thank you for, for your everybody.
1: time. It was really great having you here and some interesting stuff you're working on.
0: Cool. Thanks for doing this. And hey, CrossFit people, don't get mad at me, okay? It's all good. It's all good, friends.
1: Or the war is on. <laughs>
0: It's all good, friends. See you next time.